Hello, and welcome to Say When, a Geeky Podcast, Episode 7. We're going to talk about Star Wars today. I'm Sally, and I'm here with my co-host, Melissa. How are you doing this week, Melissa? Oh, I'm doing great. I actually went to Savannah this weekend, and it was beautiful. And I saw Benedict Wong walking around the streets of Savannah with his wife. And, um... You're gonna, it was a total fangirl moment for yeah, me. Who is that? Benedict Wong played um, Kublai Khan in Marco Polo, the mm-hmm. Netflix original series. Okay. Um, and he's also, we're going to see him in uh, Infinity War as Wong, which is Doctor Strange's friend and ally. Um, oh, was he the librarian kind of guy in Infinity yeah. War, in Doctor Strange? Yeah, I think that's right. And... Um, but he's also, he's in Savannah right now filming Gemini Man. Cool. So I was just like, he saw me and I know he could tell that I noticed him. <laughs> and he was probably glad that I didn't say anything, but I was just like, and then I heard the British accent and I was like, oh yeah, that was totally him. I mean, how many, you know, guys that look Mongolian, I don't really know what his ethnicity is, but you know, yeah. he looks Mongolian, has a British accent. He's walking around with a redheaded wife. I'm like, that's gotta be him. They just had a baby. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it was confirmed. It yeah. was him. I knew somebody would have it on the news that, yeah. that he had been, so, around, but it's really cool. So celebrity spotting in Savannah. Out. Yes. Because I love the series. So I was just totally, I don't geek out over celebrities all the time. I see them all the time here in Atlanta. But when it's someone that, you know, I like their show or I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah then you'll geek out. <laughs> okay. So we have a very special podcast today. Uh, we are featuring our very first guest and actually technically two. But brace yourselves, friends. We have a man in the house. You've heard the name and now you get to meet the person. Welcome to Frankie. How are you doing today, Frankie? Hello, ladies. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Thank tell, you. Us, yeah, um... t- tell us why we invited you. Why do you invite me uh, to, I don't know, argue with Sally? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To defend yourself. Defend myself. Yeah. You know, long time listener, long, long time friend. Uh, Yes. And so I walked on listening to your podcast tonight. You know, I've known you guys for so long. I'm like, I'm talking to the podcast as I'm listening to it. Yes. Yes. And sometimes texting (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) texting while i'm listening to it so yeah so um i guess defend myself um it's it's a lot of fun so i'm super excited to be here thanks for having me oh i'm excited um we do want to do our first news and notables um and we are going to do first of all a really quick review of a wrinkle in time and my oldest mini me uh has read the book and it's one of her favorite books and she said please mama let me give a review of a wrinkle in time so can we welcome miss pris yay <laughs> okay miss pris. okay i'm here to do a review of the movie a wrinkle in time i would give it two and a half stars because it didn't include my favorite part in the book my favorite part in the book was anti-beast anti-beast is my favorite part because in the book she is so kind and giving to Meg, which I think is sweet. Anyone would. <laughs> and I think that the movie was wrong for not having her because, mm-hmm. I mean, some viewers of the movie who have read the book would probably want to see Anti Beast. Mm-hmm. Now, is this one of your favorite books? Yes. Okay, so it's one of her favorite books, too. Now, Frankie, you said you saw it last night, so you've got a super fresh memory of it. Your thoughts? So, I, I, I completely agree. 
it is not as so it's one of my favorite books childhood favorite books one of my dad's favorite childhood books so it was one of the books we had like a bond reading together i agree about leaving out the characters they yeah they just completely missed so yes i agree with me see okay i didn't i don't think i read a wrinkle in time like i don't know how i missed it but i don't think i read a wrinkle in time and the look on this child's face but i don't think i read it (laughs) and and so i didn't miss anybody but at the same time the I, I was I was watching it and I was like I was really conscious of the passage of time in the movie theater and that's generally a bad sign, like when you're like I've been in here a while, and let me say this, I and it's a it short was, movie that it was beautiful, yeah it wasn't a long movie but it was a beautiful movie, like all the it colors and the costuming and all that good stuff. Um, so. Also, is yeah. the advice for me just to pass on it then because I haven't I, seen it yet. So, so yeah, so you didn't read the story. So, right. Same thing. It, you know, probably at, for the age, you know, for the age of the book, I read it. It was just, you know, one of my, like, like I, re- I read it again, you know, 10 years later, I read it again, 10 years after that. I read it again a year and a half ago. I want to say it was published in 61. Yeah. Like, and so yeah. it was, like I said, one of my dad's favorite books. There's five in the series. Mm-hmm. And it's that some of the scenery is beautiful. I'm not going to take away from that, but they left out major characters and major things. Um, I don't know the whole Oprah thing. Like she couldn't look like she was looking at the right place. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that bothered me some. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. They missed a lot. They missed the, to me, they missed the entire point of the book. Mm. Okay. Well, I didn't have that same kind of visceral reaction, but you know what? I'm hearing that a lot from people who have read the book and loved the book, that the movie really disappointed them in ways that um, you don't want your movies to disappoint you. (laughs) And so um, I guess if you are a fan of Ringle in Time, the book, you'd probably want to pass on it. Is that fair? I mean, Yes, you definitely want to pass it because they just missed Okay. But it might be interesting for me to watch it and see what my opinion is if I've never read the book. And Yeah, I mean, hmm. if it's on Netflix or you can rent it for $2 at the Redbox, then yeah, sure. <laughs> but Or if you have a movie pass and you can go see as many movies as you want. Yeah, there's that too. If you have the movie pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is awesome, by the way. Yeah. I really need to get some royalties or some some payment for them for advertising for them but they are yeah i'm enjoying it a lot (laughs) that's good that's good okay well i guess we can move on um we've got the final avengers infinity war trailer which dropped i'm not okay oh my gosh gosh. is it because of the scene with captain america just the whole thing what's what is is it that's bothering you most about it just like I, I just can't wait to see it, and I'm worried about my very favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain America. I don't think you have to worry about him. I'm worried about him anyway. I know that he has a I think a if you have to worry movie. about anybody in this movie, it's going to be um, Vision. Well, because he's got the Power Stone lodged in his head. Yeah. So I think, for me, that's the one I'm kind of concerned about. Well, see, here's the thing. Chris Evans, who, of course, plays Captain America, Steve Rogers, um, he had a six-movie deal with Marvel, and this is movie number six, and he's had a one-movie extension, and so I'm concerned that 
that the next movie's only going to be, you know, flashbacks or something. I'm just scared. Just let me be scared. Yeah. But I'm well, going to have to go see it. Um, Frankie, are you looking forward to this one or no? I'm, I'm looking forward a lot. This is, um, so growing up, I was more of a, a, an X-Men guy, but I did read the Infinity Crisis mm-hmm. when it was at, at the comic series, and it was amazing. It was definitely well well done. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad how they've been kind of, you know, building up to it for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't worry about Captain America. Captain America's died lots of times. <laughs> True. Lots of times he comes oh, back. Okay, well let me it. let me right. let me say this. I worry about Steve Rogers. I mean, because anybody can don the costume, right? But Steve I worry Rogers about... died. Steve Rogers has come back. Okay, it's all right. All right. <laughs> all right. What do you think, Melissa? I'm super pumped about the probability that Miss Marvel or um, Captain Marvel is going to be introduced. Mm. Um, maybe you know, in the post credits, yeah. I don't know if she's actually going to be a big part of the movie, but yeah. I'm pretty positive. She's going to actually be, I've, I've heard commentary from some of the directors. I think they've let it slip that she's going to be in this somewhere. Mm. Um, and I'm a big fan of Miss Marvel, as you know, so mm-hmm. I'm just super excited mm-hmm. about yeah. her upcoming movie and seeing her on the big screen for the first time. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I really kind of wish they'd do a Black Widow movie, but I'm thinking that they feel like Black Widow gets plenty of screen time with all the different movies, but I have no idea. Yeah. Well, uh, they're going to need, if they don't get rid of Thanos in this movie, which I don't really know what direction they're going to go in, but they're going to need someone with the heft of Miss Marvel. Um, she is one of the most powerful Marvel characters. See, um, and being someone who didn't really read the comics, I don't, everything that I have to relate to with regards to this is within the cinematic universe. So I'm left with the impression that the most, the most, uh, difficult to defeat is the Hulk. And that's true for now um, because he's, because Miss Marvel hasn't been, you know, a part mm-hmm. of the picture, but, and yes, the Hulk would be the most difficult at this point, um, but I, but yeah, Captain Marvel will give him a run for his money. Okay. She's yeah. Thor. She's yeah. Thor's no joke. Yeah. Well, I and mean, Thor. I don't think are any of them really a joke. I mean, Captain America's yeah. hard to kill. I mean, he's Captain killable. hard to kill. He's killable. Um. Yeah. It, yeah. You know the people it's... that are not that that aren't scary. I guess from Thanos's point of view at all would be someone like the Black Widow. Or Clint mm-hmm. Barton, yeah, right, because they're just people. <laughs> they're just people, right? Yeah, they're yeah, just Black Panther. Those are just people. Trained. They don't have like Thor's a god, a demigod, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the, your most powerful ones are going to be the ones that like wield those stones, mm-hmm. or like Thor. Um, Captain Any Marvel is kind of like Marvel's equivalent to Superman. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's helpful. So that's helpful. She's very, very powerful. Mm. I just rewatched Justice League. Yeah. Well, I, re- I use that term loosely. I fell asleep and woke up and fell asleep and woke up. I sort of rewatched Justice League <laughs> a few days ago. Um, but yeah, they, they had to have Superman in there to defeat their uh, Steppenwolf. So yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm going to, I'm just excited. I'm super excited about too. this movie. I, I can't wait. Too. It's got such an awesome lineup. I yeah. know I've said that like 
a bazillion times, but they need that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thanos is, especially with the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. he's pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, and beat. I am worried about Vision, by the way. Don't, I am worried about Vision. I just don't have the same kind of attachment to Vision that I do to, you know, Captain yeah. America. Because it's Captain America, man. Yeah. Vision's well, a robot, never... right? So Vision's a robot. You're not going to love a robot. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's like R2-D2. Fair enough. So True. I- I'm fond of that one. Okay. Me too. So the next thing on the list is The Last Jedi's at Home. I have oh, the gosh, copy yes. in my hot That's on my to-do list to purchase. I haven't purchased it yet. I, I got the, <laughs> what did Target say? And I got the Target exclusive and it's got the 40 pages and all that good stuff. So 40 page book or something. So. I'm looking forward to, at some point, sitting down to rewatch the movie. But it's not looking good for this week because this week is pretty busy. But um, yeah, I have it, and that's half the battle. So very Yay. excited! Yay! I just finished it again, ten minutes before this. Oh, oh, perfect! That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Um, I should add that I've read the novelization. I can't unknow the things in the novelization. So. If you're listening to this podcast or commenting on the podcast with me, um, I can't unknow the stuff in the novelization. So you might get some spoilers for the novelization. Um, I, I can't. I, I I can't change and I've that. I've yet to listen to it. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> it's good. Okay, so Pacific Rim Uprising is out. <laughs> Melissa, you're <laughs> meh. I, I wasn't crazy about the first one and I, and, no. The reason I want to see it is John Boyega. Yeah. That's the it. only reason I saw the first one was because of Charlie Hunnam. Right. That was the only reason. Right. And so, yeah, that's the only reason I would see the second one would be because of John Boyega. Okay. But okay. as far as the movie's concerned, eh. <laughs> okay. What about Ready Player One? That's coming up. I'm curious about that one. It looks interesting. Um, you know, that technology is really big right now. Mm-hmm. The so, VR? Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking, Frankie? Ready Player One? Thumbs up, thumbs down? I am super excited about Ready Player One. I have no desire to see Pacific Rim. Okay. So, yeah, just, you know. But, yeah, Ready Player One looks good. The kind of reviews I've read up, you know, pre-reviews look really good. Um, I agree really? with Melissa. It's it's a very good chance that's where we're going. Yeah, I kind of can see that happening. Yeah. I have the, Scary, I have the Pixel but 2 true. <laughs> I have the Pixel 2 phone, so I have all the little Star Wars things. I, you know, I put, I put up the AT-AT walkers and stormtroopers everywhere when I take pictures with my kids. And it's not a big step to uh, think, you know what? Some really good virtual reality goggles. Yeah. It does like kind of stuff like you know that we've re-seen you know before though it doesn't seem like an original idea no what's well, no, a book um right as well um and well, I mean, like, there's a whole keanu reeves series of movies that yeah, oh the right. matrix yeah it's a very matrix yeah. looking and the it? holodeck <laughs> so and the holodeck yeah and that's true the yeah that's so true it's not a not the most original of ideas right. mm-hmm I mean, it won't be good. Mm-hmm. But it's so. just more, you know, in tune with today and the technology that we are seeing today. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right, Frankie, mm-hmm. any movies that you're looking forward to? Um, 
<laughs> besides, you know, the Avengers of Infinity Crisis, before, besides Solo. Mm, yeah. Solo. I'm, mm, yeah. I'm destroyed because I'm going to be in New York that weekend. Oh, you're gonna have to see you're gonna have to see solo in New York. Broken hearts. Yeah. I don't know. I was are you gonna see it? Or are you saying you're gonna have to put it off? I may have to put it off. I'll what? be there with my family. For my for the for, for I have a special friend's fortieth birthday. Like it's gonna be a whole weekend of activities. You'll have to go dark so that you don't get any spoilers. Ooh. Are you spoiler averse? I'm he's very, very spoiler averse. He's very he's worse th- he won't even watch trailers. Oh, well, I'm not that bad, but I'm pretty bad about, like, I don't want to hear it, like, anything about the movie until I've seen it. Other than the trailer, I will watch the trailer. And that's primarily because of this podcast. I never watched the trailers before either, really. What? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of have to now. (laughs) So, so what I'm hearing is I might actually get a jump on you with Solo? Oh, yeah, totally. Unless, so I'm leaving that Friday morning, unless there's a Thursday midnight showing. Well, typically there is like Thursday, like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. they can show it. So, and because I know I'll be leaving that, that Friday morning before. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get to I see may, it. Sally will be in the theater the night of. She'll get the jump on all of us. No, yeah. I think Frankie might say, for, I mean, I don't have anything crazy planned that weekend, but Yeah. I might, you know what? It'd be good to go. I'll probably go Friday, maybe while the girls are in school. That's a good we'll point. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else? Solo. I think that's the big um, one. That's it. That kind of carries me through to, I can't, I, you know, the summertime. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen this summer? It's too far in advance. This yeah. too far in advance. Hey, we had a movie one, so we looked at all the movies. Movies mm-hmm. like all yeah. year long. We have a list like... of all the movies that we are interested in watching. Oh, there was so. a time in my life that existed. I used to get the Entertainment Weekly. Remember, Entertainment Weekly used to produce like the movies that are coming out, you know, the whole episode for yeah. the whole year. Yeah. I used to love that episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that issue. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Got three offspring. Just whenever I can find a chance on a Tuesday night or a Monday <laughs> night to take off. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> I know that feeling. Okay, so are we ready to go to the meat and potatoes of this podcast? Yes. All right, so I have three really super simple questions. You are our guest, Frankie, so we're going to let you go first. What's your favorite trilogy of the Star Wars trilogies, and why? Uh, the original trilogy. No. Mm-hmm. So four, five, and six. Because uh, that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I... I saw Empire in a theater. My dad says that he took me as a child to see, you know, Star Wars, the original. I, I would claim no memory to that. You were But what? I wouldn't doubt he did it. Four? Five-ish? Yeah, yeah it you came out in seven, right? Yeah, so you were five. Yeah. Well, you... Four. So maybe, but I wouldn't say that was an original memory. Right, right. I would have backfilled those memories. But in 80... Mm-hmm. When Empire, oh yeah, you saw it yeah, in the theater. Saw it. Yeah, I saw it in theater, and um, and then of course I saw Return of the Jedi in theater, and continued to see them. You know, when they came out on you know VHS and saw the you know mm-hmm. saw them then and mm-hmm. and grew up with them. Those th- those were my toys as a mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have my original Adat Walker. Mm-hmm. I 
I still have my, you know, cloud speeder from Bespin. You know, I still have you know, all those toys. And like my boys are playing with those now. So those are my favorite. Those were me as a child. You know, I identified with Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty cool. Melissa, what do you think? I uh, totally agree with Frankie. It's just the nostalgia that you get from Mm -hmm. those original films. And um, the first one that I recall seeing and that I know that I watched in the theater was Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And that just made such a bit. It's probably where my, you know, love of space and technology and all that jazz came from Mm -hmm. was just seeing that for the first time in the theater and um i mean who doesn't love ewoks they're so cute and all the adorable things that we saw he doesn't he hates ewoks (laughs) he's a monster he doesn't like ewoks (laughs) well i like all the cute characters in star wars they they commercialized star wars from 1977-4 what's the harm in some ewoks i'm confused by this argument i shouldn't be able to understand that as a child so I was a child, and I was like, "Why did you just give me teddy bears? There would be no little monkey. There would be no little teddy bears running around in the woods like this." <laughs> well, obviously, like there else. were on indoor. Okay, suspension of disbelief. <laughs> That's what it's called. Suspension of disbelief. I suspended disbelief a lot of things, but there was teddy bears. Teddy bears. It's teddy bears. And Ewok, Ewoks are fabulous, Melissa. They Don't are. let him give it's you. It's a war, are. and you got teddy bears. Okay, hey. you can just have Jabba the Hutt. Or whatever. Who was it? Who was your favorite? I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll take the slug creature for five hundred, Alex. What? Uh, I am still the guy in the room. So if we're going to talk about the visualization that the guy appreciates the most from Return of the Jedi, okay. it's not the Jabba. Right. I'm certain it's not. Okay. So um, here's the thing. For a very long time, of course, I would have said the original trilogy was my favorite. But, and this is interesting, it's not anymore. But here's the other thing. I can't, I can't remember the first time I saw those movies. I have no recollection of the first time I saw those movies. I don't, you gotta, I lived in the country, y'all. My but first didn't movie. didn't make an impact and like. I live in your the love country. Of Star Wars now? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't see my, when yeah, I we say made the, the country you lived in. We, yeah. lived there. we lived there too. It wasn't no, 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 no. You did not live where I lived. Directions to my house include turned off the pave road. I mean, uh, no. Sally, we know they I still had open telephone lines. Where, where I started. started. Okay. Okay, y'all. You're not. You're not understand. Okay. Uh, I, to this day, I've never seen ET. They didn't even take me to see ET. Hmm. Okay, the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater was by my Aunt Lois, Lord rest her soul. She took me to see The Karate Kid. And I think that Return of the Jedi was playing in another theater at that same place. It was at a mall cinemaplex. And I think Return of the Jedi was in another theater, but we went to see The Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio. I don't know why we made that call, but we did. And I do not remember the very first time I sat down and watched all of those movies. But what I do know is that I don't ever remember of time not knowing that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Like, I always knew that, right? Like, there was never a time when I didn't know that. Like, once Star Wars came into my consciousness, I knew the things. Does that make sense? 
Yes yeah. or no? Okay. So speaking of Karate Kid, sorry, did you hear that they're going to do a sequel of that? I just had to throw that in there. A yeah, they s- are. A they're doing like or a remake. They're doing a sequel. It's called like Netflix has this original series or something called like Cobra Kai, and it's mm-hmm. the guy that Ralph Macchio's character beat. And he's like older and obviously a hard drinker. Wait, and the guy that op- was in How I Met Your Mother. I don't know. Did I? I didn't see that. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'll stop talking. <laughs> so there was a guy in How I Met Your Mother. So that, that 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 was that guy. It was actually that actor guy. Yeah, it's that same actor. I think the blonde-haired guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets yeah. out. Yeah. Finish him, and then Ralph Macchio does the seagull kick thingy, my bobber. And, um, yeah, I think he's the one that founds his own little dojo. And Ralph Macchio's character owns, like, a car dealership or something. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I I think it's going to be on YouTube. Like, a YouTube kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, YouTube original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. YouTube Red or whatever Yeah, YouTube Red. Red. I'm subscribed to it now. Sorry, I'll miss it. Yeah, Yeah, me me too. But anyway... (laughs) I didn't see those movies in the theater. I The first time I saw them, it had to have been on a VHS at home somewhere. Um, so, now, given, given everything that's happened, right now, I don't like saying this, but I actually prefer the sequel trilogy right now. Now, that could change. Like, the I mean, next one could come out and trilogy. I could... Pref- it's a trilogy right now. Right <laughs> and what did I just, didn't I just say that that could change? So once episode nine comes out, I might change my mind. I might go, nah, you know, I like the original better. But as of right now, I really like the characters and I like the way that they're being portrayed. And for whatever reason, they're speaking to me on a visceral level. Um, and I think it might have something to do with um, there being more female characters that I can look at and go oh okay that and i have daughters like i have daughters and i'm really excited that every time they're like ray i'm really excited for that and so i would i would hope that your sons would like ray as well because she's really awesome they love ray yeah but my girls also have a heroine to look up to now beyond just princess leia who was always kick butt i love princess leia um, but yeah, she was pretty kick butt. Yeah. But she was literally the only one you could look up to unless it was Mon Mothma. And I'm sorry, Mon Mothma doesn't count. She doesn't. That, that That's fair. That is, that is very fair. I mean, I, I'll be interested to know, cause like I'm saying, I'm taking my boys through the series as we speak. We, we, like I said, literally just finished last Jedi tonight. Um, and then they went to bed. So I didn't get, so I, so we've watched, you know, from four through eight, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And I will do this. I will find out tomorrow morning what their favorite, who their favorite character is mm-hmm. and who their um, least favorite character and things like that. Um, I, I will say this. They think Poe's an idiot, though. Yeah, he is. They're right. <laughs> it's it funny. My, my, my boy James is like, why isn't Poe being a good listener? As, as you know, as a seven-year-old says, wow. why is it Pope being a listener? He's making bad Awesome. Tricks. You're raising great kids. I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. And, and I, I, will be, I was pretty mad at Poe in The Last Jedi. Um, I, I, one more little proud thing. 
he asked he asked this he didn't know how to ask it right and and and, and i actually he kind of pointed out to me he said how did dj know oh it's right there that they were um that they were they were going away to get the money i was Wait. like what do you mean so i mean that, that's a very minute detail like dj you know rolled over on finn yeah and and, and um and rose and, and james picked up the first time he watched it he's like how did dj know you wrote, that's a dress though he knows because poe is telling finn and rose while dj's in the room so he hears it is he in the room yeah he is he's right behind him he is He's behind him but like he doesn't you know it's one of those things like but i'm, I'm like that's pretty astute that no, he's no, no, like that, you're absolutely right as far as James go, that attention to detail is awesome. I'm just saying you might have missed it, but that's that's the explanation is DJ heard it from Poe because Poe apparently knows nothing about operational security, which is another reason why Holdo didn't tell him anything because Poe doesn't right. know how to keep his mouth shut. So, that, and that's why my boy said that about yeah, he doesn't. He's he's a big talker, but not a good listener. Okay, so I think I know the answer to this. Least favorite trilogy, Frankie? Ugh. Prequels. Obviously. Um, yeah, why? Oh my gosh, they were a disaster. They were a disaster. They were a disaster. Like, he just like, I don't know, Lucas... Like he, he can't direct. He took Hayden Christian and he, he made him a bad actor. He just decided he was going to see how much CG CGI he could do. I mean, oh, it was just the storyline, how he created things, how he made him a bad guy. It just there's nothing. Jar Jar Binks, Misa, <laughs> other things. Oh my, like it's just so many shots. I mean, just uh like he he nearly destroyed the series for me. Like like I watched it as it came out in theaters. Mm -hmm. And I didn't watch them again until they restarted it. Mm. I... And my boys were dying to see them. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll let you watch the first one with your pod race. The loot. Oh, this is an insane thing. Mm -hmm. the, the whole pod race for freedom for mm -hmm. parts and free. Mm. Sorry. That was poor. It was just a horrible. The prequels were horrible. Sorry. If you love the prequels. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Melissa, what do you think? Well, I mean, I have a hard time with this one because I I hated the CG in the prequels. We've had this conversation before. Like, they totally, like, what the heck was going on with Yoda? He looked terrible. The cheesy lines in the movie, the awful fight scenes. I mean, there were so many things not to like about the prequels, mm -hmm. but I disagree. I think the storyline was great and the message was great and so I really enjoyed that part of them mm -hmm. um, I had no idea until you told me that Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen actually had a relationship going on at that time because they had zero on screen chemistry um, that's the fault uh, that, that's not like if you see like behind the scenes with the two of them like the chemistry comes through in like still pictures like the way they're smiling at each other, all that stuff. And it just did not translate to the silver screen. And I have to feel like that's directing. partially directing. And, yes. and maybe even what they're acting like, the lines. I mean, I hate sand, really. That's the best you can do, Anakin, as I hate sand. Um, yeah. 
So, but the message, as you know, you know, based on our one of our previous podcasts, I really like was fascinated with it, and um, I enjoyed that part a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but if I had to pick a least favorite, it would be the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, same. I yeah okay. I went and saw the Phantom Menace in the theater. Like I was super excited about it. I couldn't wait to go see it because it was Star Wars. And at that point, of course, I had seen all three of the originals, and I loved them. So I was super excited to see this um, sequel tri- or prequel trilogy. And um, I'll be honest, I was a little hesitant because I was like, I don't know if I want Vader's backstory. You know, like I'm not sure I want to see this descent. And a big part of that is I don't particularly do well with tragedy. I am a happily ever after person and I don't care how cheesy it gets. If it's happily ever after, I'm like, yay, that's good. Um, Because that's whatever the most sentimental thing it could be. I'm on board with that. I've been known to watch movies that purposefully, I know they're going to pull tears from me. So I'm a little bit different. So I guess I like, I can deal with that. Yeah, (laughs) but And that's fine. I mean, I, of course I see movies that I don't that aren't happily ever after but at the same time I just prefer (laughs) I prefer to I go to movies to enjoy myself generally speaking not to be crying as I leave the theater so anyway I, I was a little hesitant about the the overall arc but I went to see it and I the Phantom Menace and I really wanted to like it it was one of those movies that I was where the passage of time and I'm in there thinking trying desperately to find things that I really like about it and it was having a really hard time with it and um and and I just in the end I found the Phantom Menace a little boring I was disappointed that Darth Maul was good for like a 15 second fight and then Obi-Wan Kenobi cut him in half and and he was this there was this huge buildup around him even more so than Phasma, right? I mean, and Phasma's, you know, not a major character at all in the sequel trilogy. And um, I just, so, and it was bad enough that I didn't even see Attack of the Clones in the theater and I didn't see Revenge of the Sith in the theater. I eventually saw them on television. Like, that's how bad it was. Um, And so I kind of did give up on the, the prequel trilogy and I think that's a function of coming up and being part of a generation that focused so heavily on the original trilogy that I wasn't able to get past it to go to. Because I've heard younger people younger than us be like, well, the sequel trilogy is not that bad. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I thought it was pretty bad. But yeah, what I have I've heard come... people say they'd rather have their nails ripped out than have to watch Ooh, that. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I do think is that when we're looking at this entire arc from prequels to the sequels, I think we have to take into account the prequel canon. We can't ignore that. And my understanding of the prequels helps inform my understanding of the sequels. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I don't have to like it, but it's there. So, yeah. And that brings us neatly onto the sequel trilogy. Um, uh, So, Frankie... Tell us what you think about the sequel trilogy thus far. We're two movies in. Um, so let's see. 
I was nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous going into uh, The Force Awakens. Oh, I was too. Because I was like, please don't suck. Please don't suck. Because like like I said, the, pre- the prequels really destroyed a lot of me. You know, they, they really hurt. They hurt. They hurt me. Mm-hmm. I'm just, there's no other way. And I was like, I, I didn't know if I could take any more hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I said, the, 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 star, the original Star Wars series were, were my formative years. Like mm-hmm. I watched them and over and like throughout my teenagers, I continues to watch, you know, you know, they were, you no, know, they were nice at you and I, Sally, we watched, you know, we sat and we watched all three and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, um, I was nervous. Um, I was very pleased with the force awaken, uh, like where it goes, kind of like how it was going. Um, had some things that kind of left me in a little, little bit of quandary, but I'm like, all right, you know, it's been 30 years. Let's see. You're going to give me some backfill. I knew there was backfill that had to come. Uh, and then I watched The Last Jedi, and I'm like, and so now I've watched that The Last Jedi, what, six times now? And the, every time I watch it, I get, it gets messier for me. Like, I wanted more from Snoke, and I wanted more from, like, I was like, you know, these are these are the characters, like, this is my kid's. Like these are the same generation that like they are hitting at roughly the same time that Star Wars and Empire and Return hit for me growing up that they're hitting for my my own kids. And like we'll take we'll say Poe to Han, right? Han has flaws, but they're not a direct correlation Poe to Han, right? No. He's a scandal hotshot pilot. Han is a scandal hotshot pilot. But that's as far as it goes. But that's as far as it goes. And, you know, you want to say, you say you put Ray, Ray's, you know, Ray's on, you know, desert planet, you know, kind of doesn't really fit in with what, she doesn't have a family. Luke doesn't have a, you know, Luke doesn't have the most relationship with his family. They're about the same age. Um, so, like, there's a lot of the, the correlations between that. And then, like, Han comes back at the end of, you know, of, of New Hope. You know, he says, you know, he takes his money and he runs. But in the end, he doesn't desert his friend. He comes back and, he, you know, he, he allows Luke to make that shot by mm-hmm. coming in like that. You know, Poe nearly single-handedly destroys the rebellion. In yeah. The Last Jedi. In The Last Jedi. In The Last Jedi. Because he's the one so, that takes the shot for Starkiller, too. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't. He does, so He does do it for Starkiller. I, I agree with that. But, you know, he did he didn't because Han, you know, Han got him there. Han's the one who got in, got, you know, got through, got the base. Um, mm-hmm. But so, like, right now, like I said, my kids just got through finishing watching it. And right now, like, when I got done watching Empire, which would be the same thing, I, you know, I felt great tragedy for, for Han Solo being frozen in carbonite. Right now, my boys do feel no sympathy what now for Poe. I feel no sympathy for Poe. You know, like, if you were a real person, I think he needs to be court-martialed and thrown in jail because, you know what? His, his, you know, his insubordination nearly destroyed them. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I, I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but Poe isn't Han. I mean, Poe no, is, I know, it's, I know it's not Han, but there's something like, but he's not even the same level character of character of the different people. Uh, you know, Chewbacca is Chewbacca. Chewbacca is, Chewbacca has been the constant through mm, all three PO two. you know, prequels, sequel, you know, prequels, original Chewbacca is Chewbacca. Um, you know the droids are the droids so it's just wanting to see that franchise carried on in a way that's memorable like we remember it from our childhood 
Right. Is that what you're kind of going for? Yeah, that's what I'm saying through my childhood. So, you know, I'll be interested to see where they go. I'm expecting the time leap for the next movie, to be honest with you. Between seeing the kid at the end who, you know, makes the broom move. I'm, I'm happy. I'm overall happy with the series. Um, I will I will read the novelizations. That will give me the backstory. Like I said, I hope that will help. Like I said, you know, I think, does it help? Yes. Hopefully it will help. Um, we'll see. Like, the more I watch it, the messier it gets. Like, I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's it, the more I watch The Last Jedi, like, I don't like what they did with the Luke character at all. I don't. Yeah. Like Luke Skywalker, you know, he was still fighting. He he didn't. He just lost all of his faith and lost all of his faith. I mean, he wasn't a kid, right? We don't you don't quit. Luke Skywalker didn't quit mm-hmm. in the original. He was not a quitter. Right. And they made him a quitter. They made him run away. They made him hide on the island. And I get that he could have like licked his wounds. I said exact. Mark Hamill said the same thing, and I was like, listen, I was like, you're right. You would have went. You'd have licked your wounds. You'd have learned from your mistakes. Because that's what we do. He's he's an old Jedi. You learn from your mistakes. We, it, that's not a new lesson. And he didn't learn from it. He's just, well, I see, I'm taking myself out of the equation. I messed up this one time. If we all stop when we messed up one time, <laughs> if we all stop when we messed up one time, you know, how many, how many, how many car crashes? How many, you know, well, well, that's it. I wreck my bike, sell it. No, I mean, we mess up. We get back up. We pick ourselves up. And you know, say, wait, so he didn't. He messed up. He nearly killed. He, yeah, guess what? He wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect. He's not, you know, so for him to be like, well, that's it. I'm going on this island to die. I came here to die. But if you came here to die, dude, if you die, just shoot yourself in the sun. You don't have to go sit and just rot. You don't have to wait till you can't. You're pooping in a diaper. Just blast right into a sun. You don't have to do that. So that's how it was about the whole Luke character. I, I, like, I didn't like how they treated Chewbacca at all. To be honest with you, Chewbacca's these little bit parts. Chewbacca, it's just Chewbacca, right? Chewbacca comes in, yells one time. Dude didn't give Chewbacca a hug. Han Solo's dead. You ain't giving Chewbacca a hug. I'm sorry, Han's dead. You better hug Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, so poor that Chewbacca. Racing dirt while Chewbacca's down south eating a little furry chicken. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. So I didn't like how they did Chewbacca. Um, we'll see. Like I said, I know, I know we've we've argued about this. I've rained a long time. I'll just I'll let somebody else talk. <laughs> oh, if Your only everybody Melissa. could see. We're gonna have to do a live one. one no. there's a video stream, and people can actually see the looks on the faces. It's hilarious. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, what were we talking about? Let's see how I feel about. The sequel trilogy. The sequel trilogy. Um, because I know that this is a biggie for you, of course I have to discuss it. Um, but in a fantasy world, I would love to see um, the Kylo and Rey relationship like develop fully. And I feel like in the world of Star Wars, as far as that goes, what develop fully means, we will probably eventually see that. Um but I do feel like it's a very unhealthy relationship and we've had that discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you rub your head and <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sally, I know it's all about storytelling and all these things, it's but a freaking myth. <laughs> oh no, I know, I know, but I get a little caught up and 
just reality <laughs> and have a hard time. It's a story. Okay, go right. ahead. Go um, ahead. But I'm loving it. I'm 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 not really disappointed in it and anyway I'm, I'm really enjoying it i wouldn't say it has replaced the originals for me um i don't think anything ever will no matter what comes i mean that's always just going to be kind of burned in my brain as you know just great memories childhood memories but um so far i really like it i like what they're doing with it i think they're doing a great job so and i know you're just chomping out the bit <laughs> <laughs> to um, talk about what you have to say here. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sally. Take a deep breath. Okay. So, Unleash. First of all. <laughs> Unleash on us. <laughs> first of all, let me say this. I wore my Star Wars shirt and my Star Wars pants and my Gryffindor socks because I knew I was going to have to be bold on this one. Okay. So um, I... One of the things that I really enjoy about the sequel trilogy is that I see a lot of symmetry between or from the prequels all the way to the sequels. And so, um, for instance, with the prequels, we see Anakin start out as a young boy who's actually pretty healthy, you know, and when he's with his mom and he's a really good kid and so on and so forth. And then you see this, the, this devolution, if you will, of... Um, <laughs> of uh, him into Darth Vader. And so in the sequel trilogy, we're actually getting the reverse of that because when we first meet Ben Solo, he's got this hard shell of Kylo Ren um, covering him up. And we, um, I think we're going to start seeing the evolution of him becoming Ben Solo. And so for me, that's a, that's symmetry, right? It's sort of fixing the the problems of the Skywalker clan, and um, and I, I like that. Like that speaks to the the person in me who really enjoys symmetry and houses and everything around me, right? I enjoy that kind of stuff, and so the sequel trilogy I feel like is doing much the same thing, and for me that's important. And also, I feel like the sequel trilogy seems to be, um, and I know that Frankie is not on board with this at all, but I felt like the romance in the prequel trilogy sort of devolved into this jealous kind of possessive love that eventually tore Anakin apart and helped him become Darth Vader because he didn't want to lose Padme and all of this stuff. And what I think we're going to see with, and what I'm hoping we're going to see with the sequel trilogy is Ben Solo. And I, I use that, that name deliberately um, because I think that's the direction we're headed. Um, I think we're going to see him have the opportunity to kind of, of fix or correct the mistakes of his grandfather, this man who he has idolized for reasons that we're not super clear on right now, except what we know from Snoke when Snoke is saying the heir apparent to Darth Vader and so on and so forth in the throne room. And I feel like that's this with the last Jedi, this is him taking serious steps towards becoming that man that he could be, you know, he, um, 
he takes out the big bad, which is Snoke. And um, that's something that Vader manages to do at the very end. And um, I feel like we've actually started, I feel like we've, we're on the first part of uh, Ben Solo's redemption arc. I really do. I feel like that arc has already started. So I really enjoy that. Um, Ray, I love her character. She's a strong woman. She's balanced. She's not afraid of the dark. She accepts um, sort of the duality of the force. And I think that's um, very important. And I think she stands as a good example. And again, with the cycles that, that I think the sequel trilogy is going to emphasize cycles and balance. And I think that Ray is a good, like, character for that. And then um, Ben, to me, is a tortured soul. Um, you see that in the books. You see that certainly um, in Adam Driver's acting, because I think no matter who you are, you have to agree that Adam Driver's an excellent actor. And um, yes. he is very much a tortured soul. And I, he... I think for him, balance is going to be accepting the light that is within him because he's always had that vein of darkness that was shot through. But his mother, when he was in the womb, um, felt that bright light. And Luke, she talked to Luke and he said, without um, the dark, there is no light. You know, you're going to have a shadow. And so that's one of those things. Um so I really feel like these two characters are very much sort of the yin and yang of this and symmetry balance. I love that. Um, some of the other characters that I really enjoy, the new characters, Finn, I would love to see him lead a stormtrooper rebellion. Um, there's a cut scene from the last Jedi where he apparently was telling Phasma's troopers what she had done on Starkiller and she promptly murdered them all. Um, but I'm hoping that that's foreshadowing for what's to come in nine. I don't know that it will. Uh, Rose makes me happy. <laughs> She's really feisty. Um, and then when we get back to our, um, our folks from the, um, original trilogy, Luke, I tend to agree with Frankie that I wish he hadn't gone the way he did, but I'm not sure given what they did in TFA that they could have done anything differently, like anything that would have made sense any differently because, TFA's canon, right? So what else could they have done? Um, with Leia, if I was um, playing a drinking game, I, I would pour one out. Or all of them. Because, man, Leia. Oh, Leia. Um, and then Han. <laughs> Wait, you need to unpack that a little. What? Which one? What do you mean? The Leia. Well, Leia. Yeah, I agree with Elsa. I think Leia's going to die. And that just makes me really sad. Is she going to die in the intermittent, or is she going to get killed? Because they no did idea. say they wouldn't they wouldn't CGI her. Mm-hmm. So unless think... someone has some footage, I mean, how much footage did they have? Are they going to reuse? Will they reuse footage? They cut I, footage. My understanding is they're not going to use anything at all. That's my understanding. And that's I, why I believe in the time. I I could see there being. I'm not saying that there won't be a time jump. I think there probably will, and I think there'll be a time jump. So everybody, like especially. Ben and Ray, first of all, again, realize how alone they are again, right? And there, need, there needs to be a jump there. And I think Ray is going to start feeling really isolated within the resistance. And if Poe finds out about that force bond connection that she has with Ben slash Kylo Ren, Poe's going to freak out. And I'm not sure 
that I'd blame him for freaking out. Um, but I think that they're going to have Leia killed in the interim and that they're going to do something in the scroll. You know, I, I think that would be the least messy way to do it. It might not be the most satisfying way to do it, but I think that well, they could even open, they could open, they could open at Leia's funeral. Yeah, they could. Because, I mean, you've got to honor some way. I mean, yeah. the scrolls, don't get me wrong, the scrolls You know awesome. that um, one of the first scenes in the novelization for The Last Jedi is Han's funeral. So, you could do the same scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, I, and I, I, in my little... I was, just, I was going to interject. When you talked about the prequels, you could you could almost interject where, where Rey creates a, a Jedi Council, which is separate, like the, uh, of the Senate. Like there was a Jedi Council that operated separate of the mm-hmm, Senate, mm-hmm. but still talked and communicated and was you know back and forth the Senate. I mean, so if you want to say that you know this is a reverse order, you could go that direction as well. They, like, there's a time jump. She's going to take the books, which you, we all saw in the Falcon. I'm not sure she can study. read them. And the reason I'm I'm not sure she can read them all. See, three PO's guys fluent in six thousand three hundred twenty two languages. There you go, million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. there he goes. can read him to him and I'm sure he'll do it in great dramatic fashion just like he talked to those Ewoks you guys love huh <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about 3PO as, because there's actually I didn't think about 3PO in terms of like translating ancient Jedi texts yeah he translates all the time yeah but I didn't think about him in the context of translating ancient Jedi texts I actually thought about Ray, because Ray in some of the supplemental materials is picks up languages pretty well, and then um, also it's canon that Ben Solo was big on calligraphy and all that good stuff, and he was a real studious kind of guy, so maybe he can read some of that stuff. So I could see that kicking in where she's trying to read some of this stuff, and she activates a force connection with Ben, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. I read that book or something like that. I could see something like that happening. Um, but he's going to have to get over being really angry at her. <laughs> really, really angry at her. Um, and she's never being really, really angry at She closed the door. Um, you know, again, with the novelization, I can't unknow what I know from the novelization. But um, she did. She did close the door. She did. She did kick him to the couch. Maybe even the doghouse. But... That movie ends with her being very isolated on the Millennium Falcon. Like, yes, she speaks to Leia, but she's looking at Finn, who is her first friend, with the girl that is, you know, he's interested in. And in the Star Wars universe, if you kiss somebody, this is important, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how tepid the kiss is. This was That's important. about as intimate as it gets. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, That's a way so for them to continue think... with Chewie there. Like, Chewie and Ray become the new... Because you had, you had Ben and Anakin, mm-hmm. right? Then you had, we'll say, we'll say, you know, Luke and Han. Mm-hmm. To an extent, I mean, it's hot and stuff, but then you could have Ray and Chewie because, like, right? I mean, you could have she could be isolated, but Chewie's all alone, too. Yeah, yeah, but Chewie also has a family that he could go back to, and don't and don't, <laughs> yeah, and don't give right. Chewie, Chewie's people were enslaved, so Chewie's gonna always fight oppression, people he sees, yeah, oppression, yes, absolutely. Um. 
Well, I, I again, I tend to agree with you. Um, by the way, remember I, we had a conversation about Ben and using the force to hold in everything when Chewie shot him? That's canon yeah. now. That he used the force to hold all that in. Like, to yeah, not yeah. die. Okay. <laughs> that's canon now. That yeah, that's canon now. Um, but, yeah, with Leia, I just think that some, however they do it, Leia's leaving the picture. And so, I, I think <laughs> that, I think, it just makes me sad. Because I really think that, you know, Nine was kind of going to be the movie where we saw the most of Leia. And I was excited for that. And, and now we're not. So, that's why I'm sad. It's a real prosaic reason, just that I we're not going to have Carrie Fisher anymore, and that's a yeah. light I would just as soon have in our galaxy that we don't. Agreed. Um, so that's kind of where I am with that. And with regards to Han, um, you know, he wanted to die. Um, he didn't want to come out of the carbonite, and so finally he gets to make that sacrifice that he wanted to make with Return of the Jedi, and I will contend until I will I will die on this hill with my magic light sword in my hand that if his son dies unredeemed then Han died for nothing or if his son lives and isn't redeemed I will say Han died for nothing why because he dies for nothing if his death doesn't help bring his son back to the light if it doesn't help what him develop, death, and this is where this is where this is where I, I disagree. So, what if I'm going to take this back to Vader? If Vader had died unredeemed, was the whole mission not worth anything? Yes. No. Yes. No. You defeated the Empire. Yes. No. 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 He wouldn't have defeated the Empire, Frankie. Think that through to his logical conclusion. No. 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 If, if Vader, if, if, if no, because all you have to do is you can just rewrite it where Luke. Where Luke, you know, knocks Vader down and then cuts off, cuts off, cuts off the Emperor's head. They could have ended it that way. You're not remembering Return of the Jedi. No, Luke was saying, on the ropes. The I Emperor know had was Luke on the ropes. On the ropes. What I'm saying is right here. I'm saying it because they wrote it that way. They wrote it that way. They could have, if you would, if you would have defeated the Empire a different way. You would have defeated a different way. You could still do the same thing. You could still have the First Order defeated. No. They lost Starkiller Base. They lost Snoke. They lost Snoke's ship. Okay, listen. Is it possible? Just hear me, because I'm playing devil's advocate here on purpose. Oh, my God. Is it possible? Is it possible that the First Order is defeated and helped because of what Han Solo did in destroying Starkiller Base? Because ultimately, Han Solo's actions led to the destruction of Starkiller Base. True. So I'm not arguing the with you. Rest I mean, of the whole galaxy is safer because there's not a star killer base. Right? So so it's not safe, it's not better to be safer. It is better to be safe. Okay, but it's really how much safer is it really? Because from from uh what's his name? Redhead Hux. From Hux's perspective. You said, you said if he dies unredeemed. You I, said you if weren't, he dies you weren't letting me finish my sentence, dude. All right, go. Go. All right. I'm going to be putting you guys in separate corners here in a minute. From Hux's perspective, (laughs) losing Starkiller base was an inconvenience. From Hux's perspective. And Hux is a general, right? From And Snoke doesn't really appear to care all that much about Starkiller Base. This losing Starkiller Base does not put the First Order on the ropes in any fashion. If anything... 
Holdo's actions in The Last Jedi put the um, the First Order more on the ropes, and, and Ben's actions puts the First Order on the ropes more so than the loss of Starkiller Base. And what I am saying with... Um, Han, excuse me, with Luke and Vader, if you leave the plot line the same without changing everything, which is what you're proposing, if he gets into the same situation where the, where the Emperor has him on the ropes and then Vader just lets his son die, then guess what? That second Death Star doesn't get blown and that's the end of the rebellion entirely. And yes, then Luke's mission to save his father was in fact for nothing. If you go with what has been written. Now, you're saying, okay, well, we just, if we change the entire movie. No, no, no. So what then... I'm saying is, you're saying, you're saying the only way for Han's death to account is, is if Kylo Ren is redeemed. That's his only way. And I'm thinking that there's more of a, a, a galactic picture in that the destruction of the First Order was helped facilitated by Kylo Ren's, by, by, by Han Solo's death. Okay, and yes, really, they're, they're really mega because, weapon, yes, but that is not the end no, no, by no, any stretch. His death led to the, but his death, no matter what, it's already validated because you know, his death, just like Snoke said, created more cracks inside Kylo Ren, which what led, led to Snoke's death. Yeah, there's it too much. Snoke's there's death. too much of Solo. You've got too much of your father's heart in you. So, in other words, Kylo Ren is not it's all evil. Wait, what? No, what? That led to Ben killing Snoke. Hmm. Yeah. It did. It sure did. When you say it sure did, you can be sarcastic if you want to, but it. <laughs> but it, it's it, true. It, but okay, yes, because he, so, he so, killed. So therefore, his death wasn't the thing. He's already Snoke's already but dead. That's just the. Th- that's just the theme. That's just the thing. It's starting his redemption arc, and and it's starting Don't Ben's redemption real. arc. Okay, I get Okay, he's coming back. He's coming back to be a uh, I couldn't hear you. What was that? Yeah. I, I I get it. You know. You know. Here's where I'll agree. He's going to be a good guy at the end. He has to be. Disney owns this. He's not going to be a bad guy at the end. Everybody's got to be all happy. It's got to be flowers. That'll be but, wonderful. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like Cinderella, and I and I get that, but like to say that Han's death was in vain. I mean, it would be if if because it would. I don't. I disagree. That's going to be in vain. But you know what? You're still right. He's going to be redeemed. He's going to be redeemed, and I get it. And in in a in a, in a way, it makes me sad. It really makes me sad what? because it's, how can it make you sad? Played. It's an overplayed card. It's just always done. Okay, wait, hold it's, on. Yeah. We're talking about Star Wars, no, which is like not, pulpy like, space opera. Everything about like, Star Wars is cheesy. But it, it doesn't have to be. But have the original be. trilogy I, okay, is cheese. Okay, okay. Time out. Okay, Time Melissa, out. what? I, I have to agree with I have to agree with Frankie on this one. Because, well, you all, everyone that listens to the podcast already knows that I don't particularly care for all the bubble gum and rainbow and flower type. We can't be friends anymore. Scenarios. So I would, I would love to see a twist or something different, and um, I'm not opposed to that. So I agree with Frankie there. I have to, I have to say that. Love you, mean it. 
Sally. <laughs> well, but I think it would night. be nice to see, like, <gasps> you know, him actually being held accountable for his actions. And Vader was held the- accountable? Yeah. Vader's dead, remember? Vader was held accountable. He died for his sins. Well, That's we're not talking about Vader. Right, but, but I am talking about Star Wars does hold its characters accountable. Period. It does. How is it holding? How? um, Elaborate. Okay. So, original trilogy. We're talking. Let's let's stay where we're at. Okay. Well, fine. If you want me to talk about, if well, you're saying I was making the point that Star Wars as a whole holds counters a count um, characters accountable. Okay. And so I was going in chronological order and starting with Vader as being one of the obvious big bads and the Emperor as being one of the obvious big bads, both of whom paid for what they did to the galaxy with their lives. Right. Okay. Right? Gotcha. And so with the sequel trilogy, bearing in mind that it's not over yet, right? I would think, and I, I think that Poe is going to pay a price. And I don't okay. know what that price is going to be, but I think Poe is going to pay a price. Um, and I feel very sure that Hux is going to die. Um, and I think that Ben Solo will, at the very least, Kylo Ren is going to die. But Ben Solo is, I think, going to also... Um, lose everything like he's already lost ray at this point from his perspective he's lost ray he's the supreme leader i don't think that was something he actually wanted and that's just my personal opinion and i think he's gonna lose that because you know hux is looking over his shoulder and again novelization makes it really clear that hux is going to make a play for the supreme leader and i think that's obvious in the movie as well I mean, it yeah. is obvious. In the yeah, movie. He's going to make obvious. a play. I mean, yeah. he was going to kill Ben as he was laying there unconscious, which Ray chooses not to do, but that's another story. And I think that Ben is going to lose it all. I think he's going to lose everything that matters to him and stuff that doesn't matter to him at all. I don't want it to happen, but I could see it happening where he loses his force sensitivity for a time. I don't want that to happen. And I don't think that that will be the will of the cosmic force because, again, with the balance thing. But certainly, I think he's going to lose his position as Supreme Leader. And it would not surprise me in the least if he didn't sacrifice his life to save Ray or some other uh, um, some other resistance person and in that way become redeemed now i do i think he's gonna die i don't think he'll stay dead no i don't think he'll stay dead but i i think he will um i think he'll do something that would cost him his life and it will be to the point where we feel like he has actually paid for what he's done so that's what i think the big cinematography you know that big sacrifice so you Yes. I, I, I'll, I'll, I, yeah, I'm not going to resist that. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. Um, I mean, and I could, and the other thing is, I could see him and and Ray like disappearing, like going off together in the Falcon, and and people only occasionally hearing from them. Like I could see that happening. But um, 
What does the novelization do towards these feelings? Like, how is that helping with these feelings? Um, my feelings. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Oh, Ray and Ben's feelings. Um, there are a couple different um things where, hold on, it's on my Kindle um app. Um, there are a couple different scenes in there. One of them talks about um Ray um looking at Kylo Ren and realizing that a lot of his feelings um what he's feeling isn't just about what he's feeling but it's also about um her like his feelings for her um let's see let me see if i find that um oh luke Page 297. Ben Solo had sought to abandon everything he had been, even casting aside his name. But Luke sensed that Kylo Ren was just a shell around the same broken boy he had tried so hard to reach. You know, the one that he'd held the lightsaber of, over. And um, Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad at Luke. Um, let's see. Um, Hux says, because um, you know how scared... Um, you know how scared Ben was of Luke when he saw Luke out there on crate? Like, he was terrified of him. Like, I want every gun we have to shoot that man. And, um, he thinks he's killed him, right? But, um, let's see. Um, the man stopped. He looked up into the sky and suddenly the hair on the back of Hux's neck rose. Somehow he knew that the man down there on the scarred landscape was looking straight at them. His, his gaze fixed unwaveringly, not just on the shuttle, but on one person inside. Hux looked at Wren's face and saw terror, naked and undisguised. That fear meant weakness and opportunity. Um, but with regards to Ray, um, oh, Rose has the best line in the movie. Um, do what? Rose does have the best line in the movie. You know which one I'm talking about? Yep. Right when she says, you know, it's about uh, when she kisses him, you know, it's not yeah. about dying for what we believe yeah. in, but, you know, yeah. saving what we love. That's how we're going to win. Not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Best, And yeah. that, and that, that's it. That tells you exactly what's going to happen. I think Ben is going to save what he loves and what he loves is Ray. Um... There's a lot in the novelization about the cosmic force, like the bigger force, not just the living force. Um, Ky- oh, he woke when Kylo Ren woke up. He said Kylo considered that Ray had recovered first. She must have realized he was at her mercy, yet she left him alive, almost as if she cared for him. Um, and the bit about that lightsaber coming apart. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much in there about that. I don't know that I um I'll read it, I'll read it, I'll read it. Yeah. You don't I want to, do to. you? You don't. Does it help? Does it help? I I I it was helpful for me. Um I'm and by the, the way, right so I'll walk through the Leia and then I'll read the Force Awakens and yeah, then I'll read the Leia book 
that was the reason why when I heard that Amalyn Holdo was in The Last Jedi and people were talking about, oh, she's terrible, she's terrible, she's she betrays Leia. I was like, that doesn't sound like the Amalyn Holdo that I know from the novel at all. Um, yeah. So, there's so much there. Um, oh, Snoke. Ugh. It's so interesting that Snoke says to Rey... Now you will give me Skywalker, he told her, and then I will kill you with the cruelest stroke. And the cruelest stroke was having Ben kill her, right? There's so much there to look at and be like, oh my gosh, you know? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. To me, it's fairly clear. Um, yeah. To me, it's fairly clear. And he also talks about darkness rising and the light to meet it. Again, with the whole balance thing. So if Ben dies, it's a cycle. So you've got Ray, who's mostly light, and then someone else dark is going to rise. So it's a cycle. It, the force is always seeking balance. So I feel like we're going to have that. Um, I feel like I need to go back and reread the whole book. But yeah. Yeah. It's helpful. Um, yeah, so. she talks, she watched the emotions chase him across his face, echoed by jitters and spikes in the force, anger, confusion, pain, loneliness, longing, and sorrow. Like she sees all these conflicted emotions. And that's why I think that Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo is absolutely redeemable. He is so conflicted. And that's why I find him much more redeemable than, say, Hux and certainly Phasma. I mean, Phasma, if you read the novel for Phasma, she's... But there's we no haven't redeem- seen that yet. and that's Yeah, you have. Phasma's... The book is out. It's been out. No, no, no. I'm yeah, saying we see- haven't seen that from her in the movie. So I don't feel like we've seen enough no, of her story yet and that now. we... I don't know that right. I'm convinced right. of that. And that's what we talked about. So, like... Books are candy. They're, they're, I mean, they're appetizers. They're not the main meal, right? But the, the, the movies are the meal. They're, they're not. The books are not the meal. Okay, but they're that, not the meat and the potatoes. They're, 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 they're filler. But the, like, I read the Phasma book. I read the Phasma book, and like, Phasma to me is just is she's Bubba Fat, right? She's Bubba Fat. Well, she's, just, she's, a, she's Bubba Fat, and I mean, to, to an extent, she's, she's doing what she has to to survive. I know you hate her and I get it. She is irredeemable, but she's Bubba Fett. She's got cool. She's got a cool uniform. She's bad. And she can kick tail. Yeah. Right? yeah. I want to see more of Phasma. Read I the want book. to see more of Phasma. She's tough. Read the book. But I think we will see more of Phasma. Is she Kenny? Yeah. Like really? She's we don't see her die. We don't she's see her dead. die. We just shit. see her falling into a pit of fire. So what? Wearing a suit of armor made from a spaceship. Right. It took a blaster, a little fire. Oh, she's gonna have a cool eye patch. She's gonna have a. She's just gonna be cooler with that eye patch. I want her dead. I do. She's not dead. She's not dead. Phasma's back. Uh, Well, that was the thing about the book. Think about the book. Based on the book, who is the ultimate survivalist? Who will do? And he, she is a cockroach that oh, cannot kill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate her. I That's know, so but she's alive. 
She's so horrible. Well, okay, and then Hux. I find Hux irredeemable. So yeah, Hux is irredeemable, but he's a moron. He's actually crazy. Like no kidding. Yeah, he's actually crazy. They make that super clear in the back to Empire's End. His dad did some weird, nasty things to that kid. You can, Why are you, can, you, you more can, sympathetic to Hux than you are to Ben Solo? I'm not more sympathetic to that kid. I'm just saying that, I mean, based on Empire's End, you can tell that Hux, Hux never had a chance. Right? He's crazy. He was made crazy. He is a rabid cur, just like, just like Snoke said. Snoke didn't tell a lot of truth. That's the truth. So. Hux is. Hux, Hux, he's going to die. Hux is going to die. No big deal. Mm, he's Tarkin. But he's like a dumb Tarkin. Well, you know, that's one of the things that's kind of interesting about the book. Because he's he's in The the Last Jedi. You've got. And, and I think the guy who played um, the commander of the Dreadnought is so. His, that little bit of acting he did was perfect, right? He's like. Because Hux wanted to not launch TIE fighters or whatever. And when they finally give the order to, he's like, we should have done that five minutes ago. I mean, you know, it, it just is such a demonstration. Like, he did, in so little time, he gives you exactly what these old school Imperial officers are thinking of Hux and these, like, young whippersnappers at... Or, or that are staffing the first order, and it's it's real clear they don't think much of them. Um, and the other thing is, with all these really young people, that means that they're in a lot of ways probably a lot more impressionable than even some of those Imperials were, you know, because under those stormtrooper uniforms, you're, you got twenty year olds, you know, you've got eighteen to twenty five year olds, so. That's important. I think that's really important that these young people have fallen under the sway. And it also certainly makes sense because from what we get with the resistance, the New Republic wasn't particularly good at its job. You remember that from um, Bloodline. The New Republic just was pretty ineffectual and when you're looking at it from that perspective, like it's not doing what it needs to do to help these planets and so on and so forth. And so when the first order comes in and they do things like take over page and, uh, Rose's planet and they strip it for ore and all this stuff and no one's there to protect them from the first order. And then you've also got this whole notion of like Cardinal in the Phasma book, he joins the first order because he believes in it, right? He believes in that whole, order is going to help the galaxy and so on and so forth. And so they've got some pretty, pretty first rate propaganda. Um, and the new Republic didn't help itself out at all with regards to that. So, but I think you had to do that. If you're going to set the sequel trilogy in the next generation, you're not going to have a movie unless something has gone wrong, right? You have nothing. Right. And so they, they had to do that because they wanted to keep the original three in it. And, yeah. Um, I tend to agree with you about Poe, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm angry at him. I do think he's finally learning something with regards to being a leader. You know, when he calls off the attack, he recognizes that this is a suicide run. It's not going to do any good. 
uh, it's better to fight another day. And then when he figures out, you know, yeah, how do we get out of here? Oh, Luke's buying us time. Let's use that. Um, I, I feel like that's, yeah. Oh, she, uh, Carrie Fisher passed the mantle, right? I mean, Poe's like, you know, let's go this way. And everybody turns and looks at Leia. And mm-hmm. Leia's like, why is everybody looking at me? She's like, you know, follow him. him. Yeah. Yeah, she's passed. You know, that was, that was the baton being passed. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. So yeah. I tend to agree there. Um, I, I really do. I, my next note is about Phasma. I really hate that character. Mostly because I, I, mostly because of what she does, I guess, in the books, you know, I don't like what she does in the movies either. Um, but I really don't like what she does in the, in the books. So, yeah. Melissa, Phasma is pretty, like, she, she literally will cut her own brother's throat. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> Whatever it is that... that uh, disagreeing with you there, but I still think she's a cool character. And cool. You could cosplay That was no good guy, but he's, look how popular Bubba Fett is, right? It's the same character. It's the same, yeah. it's the same thing. But Bubba Fett is not, you know, Bubba Fett cops your on. Same thing. Cool character. Just... Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think he actually died in the Sarlacc pit. He didn't. <laughs> Is that canon? Or did it used to be canon and not, now it's no longer canon? Because I never read any of those old EU books. No. That got jettisoned. I never read Cause any. See, that's just it. Because I, I read everything, right? I read everything. Yeah, I didn't read those. I'm pretty sure, like, he did not die in the, um, you can check Wikipedia, but uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't die in the Starlight, and he went on to go and lead um, the the armor, which the uh, the people he came from. The Mandalorians? The one that was in the clones. Yeah. The Mandalorians? Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's the old canon that got jettisoned by Disney or if they've brought that part of the canon back. Because they, they do have, they have brought back some of the canon that they, you know, initially 60, deep sixed. So, yeah. well, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, a lot of people are hacked off about that. Like they still want Jason and Jaina and all that stuff. Um, and Marjade. But to be fair, what movie could they have had if they didn't jettison the EU, the old EU canon stuff, what could they, they have done? I mean, they wouldn't well, have had no, anything. You had, to, you had to get rid of something. It's too much. There's too many books. Yeah, and my, underst- my understanding is George Lucas didn't even necessarily approve of all of that stuff. Like he didn't. It didn't necessarily get run by him. So I, there is some question about whether or not he actually knew about Jason and Jaina at all. Until it was already out in the public domain, kind of thing, and I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I find that interesting. So yeah, I I think that the, one of the strengths of the sequel trilogy is just of the characters. Um, yeah. I think that they're actually fairly well drawn, um, and I think that you've got some ambiguity that was not present in the original trilogy. And I think that should appeal to Melissa, the ambiguity, right? Poe's character is pretty ambiguous at this point. Isn't he? He didn't use his listening ears. And now is he going to be the hero of the resistance again? 
I mean, that's a pretty ambiguous thing. You're showing a guy who had the potential to be, you know, the latest and greatest, and he screws up huge. Although, that having been said, if they had jumped to hyperspace, they just would have followed him. And they would have had a dreadnought when they got there. Yeah. So, but they would have had more bombers. And then I guess they could have gone after it then. I don't know. But they'd have launched the TIE fighters and the bombers never would have gotten to the dreadnought. So, I'm not sure that Poe actually did more damage than, if he just kept his mouth shut, he'd have done a lot less damage. But he didn't. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but it's true. It's true. If he kept his mouth shut with Finn and Rose, then DJ wouldn't have known about the shuttles, and DJ wouldn't have been able to parlay that into lots of coins and his ship leaving the supremacy. That's one of the things that's messy. Like time, time they launch their shuttles. If they, um, if they, if she jumps to light speed, time the shuttles are out the door. Time they're out the door. Um, Holdo hits light speed. They're after her. Right, they're almost at a fuel. She jumps to light speed. The entire fleet would have would have taken off after her. Right, all everyone in those shuttles would have got away. I I've never even like considered. Yeah, you never even thought of that, did you? I mean, because my thought was she had enough for one more jump because she jumped it back into the into Snoke's ship. Well, but... so think about this: time everybody gets off, hit light speed, hit hit hyperspace, and you know what? They, they would realize, okay, she's got one last jumping in. Every ship would have jumped. They wouldn't have been looking. Because just like she said, just like everybody said, oh, they're not looking for small. Holdo said they're not looking for little things. So time she hits that thing. And guess what? An intern between the time they jumped after her, blowing her up, and then jumped back to go look for them. They would have never, they'd have never even figured it out. They'd have been safe. They'd have been home free. Well, except, except... You would have had Finn and Rose dead. And Ray would have gotten, Mike would have gotten away. But Finn and Rose would be dead. Yeah. I mean, they would have, right? I mean, is that a sacrifice you're willing to make? Well, I mean, like logistically, like as far as like, all I'm pointing out here is that there are other options that you could have taken that weren't crazy. That's one of the reasons I sit through the movie like that's messy. They should, they could have done X, Y, and Z, right? She didn't know. She's just gone. I'm, I'm, like there's autopilot. I mean, there's you know, come on. You can take the Elon Musk, get him to drive the spaceship, you know, with his self-driving cars. You got a spaceship and you travel through hyperspeed, and you don't have a and you had the droid, you had the uh, vulture droids. They could fly by themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, it's not. It's not. Um... I would. I remember thinking, well, why couldn't Holdo get off the ship, right? But the other thought process is, well, Holdo makes it clear that admirals go down with their ships. And the other thought process for me is that she stayed if she needed to do something. Like, there's no, there was no guarantee of what was going to happen. And so she stayed behind to um to try and make certain that whatever was happening she could help you know what i mean so that's kind of what i'm thinking there um i but I, heck i don't i don't even i mean it's written now it's canon now there's no change in it true 
So, I mean, like I said, it's just one of the things that, like, it's like, like, because, you know, I, I agree. There's a lot of suspension of disbelief, right? But you, you reach a, you reach a limit. It's and Star was, Wars for me. There's not really much of a limit. You know? <laughs> oh. I, no, seriously, it starts out with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. For me, that means we're looking at a fairy tale and yeah, there's not much of a limit there. To me, it's me the sky's the limit i just it's like i said well you know this we could we could circle around this because it's it's a dumb decision right it is it's dumb what's dumb it's dumb there's so many other options they could have taken that were smarter like headlights me time all the the shuttles are out that's a smarter decision if if the whole time you could turn around time you empty the ship Turn it around and then, and then hyperspeed in the snows. Okay, actually, the novelization helps with that. It helps but, with that. I mean, if you, I mean, if there were like, what you don't even have to use if you, any of the little little support ships are just. Oh, we're gonna run until we run out of gas. Oh, wait a minute, I got. If I'm gonna just sit in this ship until I die anyway, hell no! I'm gonna turn any one of these little. I'm gonna turn my medical ship around. I'm gonna I'm gonna hyperspeed into it. I'm okay. Hyper- the they okay first of all that has been an issue of some debate within the star wars fandom as you can well imagine and they've made arguments about that but one of the reasons why holdo's gambit works is because of the size of the radis the medical frigate and the other ships were too small to have made any kind of dent in that massive ship of snokes but the radis was big enough and it had the shield capability that the others did not have and the shield capability on the radis actually protected all those other ships throughout that whole time until they fell out of range of the radis's shields and that was when they were able to blow them up and so that that is actual like that's kind of out there Um, I don't even remember where I first read that, but I've seen it in several places. And the reason she was able to pull that stunt, uh, like with the, with the hyperspace coordinates and all that stuff was because Poe had already programmed in hyperspace coordinates while um, he had, you know, committed mutiny. And so they had missed that jump window and, and uh, she was just able to use it and override the alarms and just go shrieking into the supremacy and i don't get the idea that holdo knew for certain that was going to work i don't know that she knew for certain that was going to work but that was all she had left to her was to try and stop it instead of you could scatter right they're tracking you with the lead ship well guess what the lead that means the lead ship's the only one that's tracking so if i have 20 ships i can send 20 ships in 20 different directions and that lead ship can only track one and they would attract the Radis, which was the best, most which capable would you ship. Reverse empty. So now you shuttles back to the other way. Well, the I'm shuttles not that are smart, and I'm coming up with this. The shuttles are defenseless. You would have. You don't give yourself enough the credit. They were tracking the Radis, just like you said. So send everybody off the Radis. No, I'm saying they, the Radis, if they had a choice, the they would have tracked the Radis. Track the Radis, everybody else is free. Scatter. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. See, like I said, we could talk about this, like the different decisions that upset me. Like I said, there's a lot about the movie I found messy that upset me. Like, 
like I said, I was like, maybe because I've tried to escape too many times in my life. I don't know. But escape like, has rarely been my first priority. Sorry. Well, like I said, I identified <laughs> with Huntsville for a reason. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're coming up on an hour and a half on this little podcast. So we should probably wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts, Frankie, on the sequel uh, trilogy? So uh, well, t- tell tell us your final thoughts on the on the Star Wars. You got any? I'm of excited. Them? Actually, still excited. I know I kind of rim jam uh, criticized it some. Um, super excited about the next movie. Excited to see where it goes. I mean, Disney paid a bunch of money for this. I don't expect. The next movie to be the end. Oh, I no, expect no, no. Disney. Not expect like I said, Disney paying a bunch of money. I think Disney's gonna get everything they can out of it. And if I ever can afford it, I'd love to go into Disney Star Wars cruise. So I'm excited to see where they take Star Wars and like you know Marvel as well because I'm really happy what they're doing with the Avengers series as well. So yeah, yeah. Melissa, yeah. well, you have any thought? You've been you've been a little quiet today because Frankie I and I have. dominated I the conversation. To give Frankie, his moment. <laughs> But, um, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are excited about it. Um, they've been doing very well. Um, and, heck, it's, as far as we're concerned, it's our highest amount of listeners are for our Star Wars park podcast. So, I mean, it's still generating a lot of excitement. And um, that goes for me as well. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'm enjoying talking about it and I'm enjoying our podcast about it. And I look forward to what's to come. Yeah. I, I obviously for me, I'm almost with a little bit of dread, like, please don't screw this up for me. JJ kind of dread. Um, uh, I absolutely do trust Kathleen Kennedy with Ray though. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to star Wars solo star Wars story. Yeah. Um, I want to see that origin story. I, I'm not emotionally invested in Solo like I am the sequel trilogy, but um, certainly I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I imagine I'll see it more than once. Um, so there's that. And yeah, like I said, st- thus far, the sequel trilogy speaks to me in ways that um, certainly the prequel trilogy did not. And even a little bit more so than the original trilogy, which of course is blasphemy for my Gen X colleagues here, but it's okay. I can take it. Um, all right. So Frankie, if people wanted to get in touch with you, where could they find you online? Uh, Or do you want to hand that information out? I'm WF Calder. Um, all three. I'm not very original. I'm not very exciting. You won't (laughs) like what you find. (laughs) Okay. Melissa, where are you? Well, I'm on all most all social medias at um, Paxi Babe, but um, I don't post a whole lot. I occasionally remember to do it. I'm probably most active on Facebook, um, but yeah, Paxi Babe. That's P A K S Y B A B E. All right, it's my short version for Paxinarion. Okay, and <laughs> I'm Palmetta Blue on Twitter and Palmetta's Desk on WordPress. You can email the podcast at saywinpodcast at gmail.com. I will sign off saying, may the force be with you. Melissa? Truth and justice, always. Frankie, you want to you say anything? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.